0: Tobias doesn't know who or where he is. He has a, a memory of the Elemist asking him if he is happy. He remembers Axe at his first day at school and Rachel picking out clothes for him and mm-hmm. taking care of baby rabbits, which I choose to believe are the baby rabbits whose mother he killed in the in the field mm. in book 23. Yeah. Uh. And, like, feeding the baby rabbits as a human. Um, And he hears an alarm going off, but he's thinking about morphing Andalite and running with Axe across Cassie's field. And just enjoying that moment with Axe.
1: Uh
0: I felt the pleasure ray shutting down. I realized I was in the cube. Your time is up. Do you understand that? You can never escape your morph. You will be a bird till you die. Who said that? Rachel? Taylor? The subvisor? Me? And Taylor fucking loses it. She is lost in her anger. She's so angry that Tobias has denied her a morph-capable host um and it's also the
2: awareness that she's gonna get in trouble with visor 3 and we've seen Mm -hmm. what visor 3 does to the people that disappoint him yeah the fact that it starts with who are you to sacrifice your body Mm. again oh look somebody else is looking at fucking tobias Mm. like a tool like a weapon to be used
0: ah Mm mm-hmm and it also comes through from what we learn about Taylor, um, and how angry she is that Tobias would give up uh, a quote unquote capable body when that is what she thinks she lost. Mm-hmm. Um
2: yeah, because she starts demanding, like, okay, well, your but- I'm not getting the body. Tell me where your friends are. And uh, obviously Tobias refuses. And she explains about, oh, well, friends will always betray you. And he's like, well, mine wouldn't. Just like, oh, wouldn't they? Um, I pity your innocence. And he's like, okay, and he's trying to distract her for a bit so the torture can stop. If I could draw her out, maybe she'd forget to press the button for a moment, at least for a moment. And he asks, so what? Uh, what would you know about disloyalty? And she just yells at him. Um, uh, you do not ask the questions, Angela. like She roared, I ask, you answer. Uh, and she's getting ready to press the button again. Um, and he he needs to get her to talk, appeal to her sense of power, her pride. And he just blurts out with, you're very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, he immediately regrets it. It feels gross to compliment her and then have the caveat of pretty by what I understand of human standards. Mm -hmm. But she froze. Her fingers lifted from the button. Yes, she said, I know, and touched the side of her face. There was a time when I, this body, was the prettiest and most popular girl in her school. When I had a party, everyone, I'd struck a nerve. Keep going, keep her hand from the button. Everyone what? Shut up, Underlight. Be quiet and suffer. He's going to kill you. Feed you to the taxons or do the job himself. That stopped her. You've failed him. Vessa 3 won't tolerate failure, you know that. But I guess that's life in the happy little Yerk Empire. She looked hard at me. She knew I was trying to provoke her. She knew I was trying to delay the pain. She also knew I was right. I won't give in, I said. Do you know why? No. Because if I surrender, you'll live. And if I resist, you'll die.
1: And I want you to die. I love him. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Taylor uh, dismisses this, says Visser 3 won't kill her because she's an expert on humans, um, and... I'm voluntary, and that makes me valuable because this human chose to invite me in. Um, she'd seen humans as they truly were. She chose us over her own people because humans are weak and petty and stupid, and we will rule them all. We will make them ours, all of them. A human would have to be very weak and foolish to turn against her own, I said. I had no idea what I was saying, no idea what kind of twisted person I was dealing with. She seemed to make no sense. I was throwing anything out there, saying anything, anything to keep her going, talking, away from the button. Weak? Foolish? When I— When she walked down the hall at school, there wasn't a boy who didn't dream she was his. She came right up to my cube, her breath steamed to the glass. Not a girl who didn't wish she were her. She was homecoming queen, tennis champion, student body president. She was the princess, and the school was her court. What was going on? I'd never heard a yerk talk this way. This was Taylor, I was hearing, at least as much as the yerk inside her. That doesn't add up, I pressed, not to becoming a voluntary controller. She ignored me. Her eyes scanned the air as she searched searched her mind for the past. There was nothing she couldn't do. Had it all. Humans have pleasures that yerks. A different world of senses, of sight and sound and touch, and nothing she couldn't have. The memories, when we first came together, I went through them all, of course. You have to when you first infest a new host, and they were so... Suddenly she fell to her knees on the cold, barren concrete. Then the fire. She was alone that night. My parents. Her parents. Her parents were out at some party. Taylor shook her head and her blonde hair glimmered. I still don't know how it happened, how it could have happened. When I, she, woke up, the house was blazing, flames attacking my door, crackling outside my window, smoke everywhere I couldn't escape. She covered her face with her hands, hands that I had seen change, hands I knew were artificial. Keep her talking, Tobias. By time, it's all you have. What happened then, I said, my voice soft, low. Terrible. Horrible. The pain. You can't, well. Yes. Maybe you can imagine. We lost our left arm, her right leg, and my face. Some came to see me in the hospital. Some friends. Never again after that. Word went around. She's a monster. She's hideous. One day I was queen, the next day nothing. But the sharing? They cared, I chanced. They held out friendship. Hope in her darkest hour. They made me believe that her life wasn't over. That I had a future. Then came the offer. If I, she, would enter their center circle, take advantage of everything they had to give me, they would repair her body. They had their own member's hospital, they said. Incredibly advanced technology. I would be whole again. I would be what I once had been. Maybe it seemed a little weird at first. She slammed her palms against the cube, and I shuddered but all I could think about were the kids at school. I hated them for forgetting me. All she wanted was for things to be the way they had been. I wanted to be envied. Envied. Do you understand? She demanded. I wanted all of that. All the memories. The sweet, perfect memories. I wanted to live that life. She's crazy, I realized. She's insane. The yerk, the girl, the line between them all confused. Hawk, boy, yerk, girl. I had a terrifying moment of understanding. Pity. To be the human girl, desperate, terrified, alone, all alone, needing someone to look at her without cringing. To be the yerk, hungry for sensations that were so intense, so powerful compared to the dull, blind life of a slug. And she talks about how Taylor took the deal and the... Yerk's initial goal wasn't for Taylor. It was for Taylor's mother, who's like chief of police. But she wanted to keep Taylor because she wanted Taylor's memories and the life that Taylor had. Um, And Tobias says, and now you hurt others to make up for your suffering? She was silent. Who are you? Her face twitched. Her eyes bored in on mine. Who are you? I asked again. I am a sub of the Yerk Empire. No, you are a weak, misguided human girl, and you are also insane. She hung her head. For a long time she said nothing, looked at nothing. Then, at last, she raised her face to me and smiled. Then join me in my madness, Andalite, she said, and sent my body and mind
1: reeling into hell.
2: This book goes hard. Yeah.
0: That last line is like, mmm, that's good shit. Um the things that the writer has done with the p- pronouns in this bit mm-hmm. is like chef's kiss, right? Like it is masterful just the going back and forth between third person and first person and first person plural pronouns. Um it is extremely well done, and it works really well to really feel the interplay of mm-hmm. these two people on one another and how they have become so enmeshed in one another that it's hard to see where one ends and the other begins There's something um, really
2: interesting to me' That's mm-hmm. something I don't know if it gets unpacked more uh and it's one of those things that I'm like, again, this is one of these things that I'm looking forward to going and exploring Thick around is, is this a result of a yerk infesting somebody who's undergone such extreme trauma? Mm. And like, like there's sounds like trauma will physically, physically changes the, the neural pathways of the brain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is observable science. There's just something to me about a yerk meeting this different kind of brain and like, Oh, well, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then maybe getting to the point of not being able to extract their sense of self properly anymore.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Like it makes me wonder what it's like for Taylor when, um, subvisa 51 has to go do Yerk pool time. Mm-hmm. Like whether the yerk misses being in Taylor. Not just in the sense of like, oh well, I get to experience all the things, but like there's like this simultaneous like codependency and also mm-hmm. like It's so interesting.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shut. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> like well, ah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's it's just really fast in such a short amount of time we get such a complex character. And it and doesn't just feel it, like an exposition dump either. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It feels very like organic. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very well done. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, um, but yeah, the, um, back to the torture. And this is the point where, um, Tobias is on the verge of cracking. Mm-hmm. It's that flipping between pain and pleasure too quickly to become accustomed to both, uh, to become accustomed to either. We get a great little stab of, uh grief. Yeah, Tobias's aunt's voice. I don't want him. He's got he's nothing to me. Where does Lauren get off dumping him here? And he's like bouncing he's like flying against the walls of this cube, just trying to get it to stop. Um if she wouldn't stop I would end it myself. Um and he's um like The lights are dimming, not literally, but for him. And he is alone. And he feels like everyone has abandoned him. Or, um, and that Rachel, if Rachel was here, she'd sold it, she'd help, but she's dead or trapped. They're all trapped, all of the ones he loves. And he realizes that Taylor at this point is just hurting him because she can. -hmm. And he, this, and I know you highlighted this in our document, Danielle, of he starts throwing out names, real names. Um, and the fact that we have that on the back of him realizing she's just doing this to hurt him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very normal to want to escape pain, to be clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like when everything else narratively has felt so strong, um, for him just to say like, okay, yeah, Axe is in the wood and then gives everyone's names. That doesn't say Rachel's name. Yeah. Uh that's fun. Um uh, all just human kids, anything to stop. But she's having too much fun slamming buttons to hear him. Or if she does mm-hmm. hear him, it doesn't make her stop. hmm Um And he's dying at this point. Like it's all going dark, he's on the verge of like completely going out, and then a very cool thing happens
0: yeah it's It's not really a memory, but it's framed in the way that we've seen the flashbacks framed so far and I was walking in the woods, a path lined with trees whose upper boughs met in cathedral arches near the school. After a play we'd put on. Is your father here tonight? The teacher had asked. Yeah, where's your dad? Said a classmate. I followed the trail through the woods, my heart so full. I stopped at a clearing. A point stuck up out of the dirt, gleamed in the moonlight, caught my eye. I dug in the surrounding earth, trying to free the object, deeper and deeper. A hard, scythe-shaped blade. I held it before me. Why did it seem so familiar, so much a part of me? I looked beyond it into the evening sky and froze. Two moons cast a warm yellow light over the woods, over thick asparagus-spear trees. What? This wasn't Earth. This was— The moonlight brightened to a strong and dazzling brilliance. It compelled my gaze. I couldn't look away. I didn't want to. Tobias, he said. I started, scared. The light faltered. Don't be afraid. A broad face came into focus, a familiar face, an light. I watched as a tail arced upward, curved slowly over his back and moved toward me. A shiver, as the cool flat of his blade pressed against my forehead. It was electric, like nothing I've felt before or since. A new surge of memories. But how? How can they be memories when I haven't lived them? They're new to me, though they seem like mine. No, these were not my own. They were. And we get several of Elfangor's memories of him fighting in space and fighting taxons on the taxon homeworld. And of Lauren, of missing Lauren and recognizing that he's been away from his life on earth for so long, and him wondering if it's even going to accomplish anything, if it's worth it. And I thought of my future. Would I accomplish anything in this fight for freedom? Was the struggle, the pain, the loneliness endured in vain? Would I die before I defeated the enemy? The icy tailblade against my forehead cooled my fevered mind, kept me alive. You're not alone in your suffering. You may die, Tobias, but never alone. You are one in a legion of great warriors, valiant Andalites who have died for freedom. Your lineage is courage and bravery. If you live, you carry our torch, a burden carried by many, a singular honor. The brightness began to fade. A final, overwhelming surge of things lived by by Elfangor. Warrior. Intellectual. Oh, how he had lived. Endured. In- accomplished. A sense of purpose. Things I couldn't comprehend. Things I could. Things I might become. Dimmer and dimmer. To a point, to a pinpoint of light. I felt my body shudder and I knew that I was dying. That pinpoint was life. I'll make the Andalite filth talk. Visser 3's far off, threatening voice struck my ear. Hold to the pinpoint. Hold. Just as the light was about to extinguish, I felt the torture device flicker and stop. The pinprick of light began to grow, until at last I no longer looked into darkness but saw the cube around me. I was flattened against the floor, defeated but alive. The last fading strain of Elfangor's voice. Out of a respect for life, you have to endure.
1: This was the line that I mentioned earlier. Um, it goes hard. Mm-hmm. And I could see,
2: like, how that it would sit poorly with people. Mm-hmm. Like, your mileage may vary. Yes. But it doesn't read to me as a, oh, life is sacred kind of thing. Um, for me, it's just like, well, it's what we were talking about earlier, just like taking a life, regardless of how big or small it is, it's still taking a life. And it is like that respecting of it. Um, as I posted in the round about what the purpose of life is to be. Hmm. Right. And life is amazing it's incredible it's full of all of these things both good and bad but it's incredible and you do have to respect that even if like you don't want to do it anymore and I don't mean it's like it's painting like Tobias' desire for all this pain to stop as cowardice or anything else but rather like yeah life is hard but you're not alone as much as uh, I'm loathe to give too much credit to a certain fuckboy writer director uh, a line that always really stuck with me from uh Buffy is the hardest thing about in this world is to live in it mhm but we
1: keep on living anyway yeah yeah it's uh
0: it reminds me very much of the a certain uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it's like a brand of existentialism that mm-hmm. I personally subscribe to uh where if nothing matters, then everything matters mm. where like if the universe is vast and meaningless and we are just a speck of carbon on a rock made of carbon floating around a burning ball of hydrogen like that makes what we have infinitely more precious mhm and it's, that's what this line reminds me of yeah
2: it's what a lot
0: of people like what
2: the cultural of what people think nihilism is Mm-hmm. Um, oh, our nothing matters. So everything we do matters. I, I'm similarly inclined. And it's like, yeah, in the, in the grand scheme of things, if we are nothing, then why does the things we choose, the acts we do, like, this is I'm a big preventative, like, kindness is a thing you choose to do. Uh, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to make things better for other people mm-hmm. if you could it's like cool i could make somebody's day suck more or i could smile at this nice old person at the bus stop and the, oh now they've smiled at me cool like yeah mm-hmm. yeah second time i've done that this session but uh <laughs> what's that line in wait for it or it might be um one of the other songs um Life doesn't, uh, that doesn't hesitate. It takes care, but we keep living anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Memo yeah. Miranda maybe cringe.
1: Why was a decent work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this is, this is a line that I personally come back to on a fairly regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, Always in uh,
0: a verbatim quote, but as a sentiment, that really stuck with me. Um, And obviously, your mileage may vary, um, but I find it to be very impactful and indicative of the
1: struggle that Tobias has had. Uh, because he's tried to kill himself before. Yeah. And he keeps going.
0: Even if it reminds me too of, um, Hyperbole and a Half, uh, Depression Part One and Two, um, where she talks about how depression is just walking in a desert. With no destination and nothing, nothing interesting, nothing to break up the landscape, just hot, exhausting desert. And you come to a point where there's like a fence, and the fence represents whether you choose to continue to live or not. And on the other side of the fence might be potentially slightly better desert but you can't know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and making the choice to live is making the choice to turn around away from that fence and just keep walking through that unbearable desert in the hopes that you find an oasis Mm. and like that's what this line says to
1: me is is that like things Things can be absolutely horrendously awful, but you don't get another chance.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. Um, the specific verse I was thinking of from how it's for it's the final verse from "Wait for It." Mm-hmm. Um, life doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes, and we keep living anyway. We rise and we fall, and we fall. We make and we break, and we make our mistakes. And if there's a reason I'm still alive when so many have died, then I'm willing to wait for it. It's like, oh. yeah. but when you've experienced, yeah, the notion of like the burden of living, but is also mm-hmm. the privilege
1: of living. Yes. Nobody's saying it isn't hard sometimes, or a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But we keep going. Mm-hmm. We endure. Yep. Uh,
0: Tobias is brought out of this near-death experience, um, by Visser Three, who is standing next to Taylor. Uh, The hatch is open to the taxons below, and there are two Hork-Bajir carrying a bald eagle in a cage. And at first, Tobias has the terrifying thought that the bald eagle is Rachel. But then he recognizes that this is the bald eagle from the barn. This is Chekhov's bald eagle. Uh... And that gives him the strength to resist Visser Three as Visser Three demands that he reveal information, or they feed the bald eagle to the taxons. Um, and the he they feed the bald bald eagle to the taxons, um, not the ones
2: in the hole. This is extra taxons that viscer Three. Oh, has right. Yes. Yeah, which is fucking weird.
0: <laughs> it's like the hatch he's is like, open. I've he's made like, made a- I've made
2: my own arrangements. <laughs> um, um,
0: and then, and then he they look up Just
2: like, oh, should we torture that one? That one might have, uh, that one might talk. We might get results. And because this is a ploy, this mm-hmm. is, no, this one will die. That one will talk. It's just like, this is the bottom villainy I crave. Um, <laughs> fucking the taxons, like, uh quickly make work of the bald eagle um, and Visitor is just like okay we'll kill this one too but do it uh slowly and mm-hmm. Twice is like okay this is it the next mm-hmm. i'm not going to get through the next round of it uh but then he no noti- he notices something he thinks he's hallucinating at first come real and his child bangs his head against the glass to make sure he's actually conscious. it's just like kiddo <laughs> um but what he sees growing up from the floor behind the Savissa was no mirage. Uh silently unseen by all but me, a single light emerging from flea morph. And I do like we immediately get this moment of as Axie was just like Tobias, don't let them see you stare. <laughs> <laughs> um the others are all there. They traveled in, um, on fle- as fleas, uh, on the body of the bald eagle. Um, everyone will be there soon. As soon as, uh, Act gets the doors open, the Chi have secured the escape route. Um, Taylor's like, hear me, Adelaide. you've caused me to lose the visitor's trust. Um, you know, monologuing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, this is for. I will make you pay. Oh yes, I've given you pain. I've given you pleasure. You've experienced them in succession, but never both at once. I will tear <laughs> your mind apart. Um, just like full on hamming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Axe opens the door. Um, and in comes the gang in morph. We got uh all, the usual battle morphs. Um, a flash of Marco, huge and powerful in morph, A tiger slashing. Fortbajur running. The wolf, so fast, so accurate with its dangerous white teeth. And the bear. The huge, slashing, bellowing, death-dealing grizzly bear in a rage. Rachel. Um. So yeah. Like five Hawk Bajira dropped. Basically in <laughs> seconds. Three by Rachel. Um. Marco just shoves Taylor out of the way. Cause he doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um just like a gorilla she yelled oh it's a gorilla all right lady but this here is the new improved gorilla morph now with tools and he's got a grappling hook (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) my delight (laughs) he literally throws this fucking grappling hook up to one of the beams overhead starts climbing uh and it's just a full-on um knockdown fight
1: Mm -hmm.
2: the focus at this point uh, really though, is Marco, who is climbing up the wall, trying to get to where Tobias is. Cause as we know, he's suspended in this cube from the ceiling. Um, Tobias is the one that shouts out that you need, they need to stop the girl. Um, gets smacked by Taylor with the control device for her trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, Marco is swinging by, via the electrical conduits to get. To wear uh, Tobias is, being followed by uh, some hawkbejir. Um. Ends up like a wire. Bra- he ends up electrocuting. Oh no! The he ends up swinging with the electrical cables. A hawkbejir like I will slice the cable. This will be fine. I just gets electrocuted mm-hmm. in the process. Um. But Marco lands on top of the cube. Um apologizes immediately as it starts swaying and Tobias gets smacked against the wall mm. Um but he starts uh undoing the bolts that secure the top of the cube to the cable literally having to use his fingers to do so mm-hmm. um, Paul Bajer shows up and it's just becoming like the fucking ship ride at the fucking fairground just like all over the place Mm-hmm. um a uh, hawk Bajere, uh gets knocked off or slips off crashes to the floor impaled on his own tail blade which is gruesome mm-hmm. um the other hawk Bajere on the manages to stay put by putting a blade through marco um just taking on but marco still holds on And we get this fucking visual of Marco's blood splattering the top of the glass. Mm -hmm. Um, and the cube is still back swinging back and forth. And Tobias is saying like, Marco, just forget me. Just free yourself. He's killing you. And Marco, my son, just like, no. And he just keeps working these bolts undone. Um, it's a hard fight. um, Fucking Taylor grabs a dragon Beam and takes a shot at Marco. Um, more Hawk Bajira landing. And, uh, I don't know if she, I assume she misses Marco or maybe this she was aiming for the cable. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, but either way. Marco's left hanging from the cable on the ceiling and the cube smashes to the floor. Um, And Tobias is pinned by a hawk-bazir arm. Mm -hmm. Um, Marco is dangling from this boiling hot wire that's just got severed by a dragon beam as flesh and hair begin to sizzle. Um, And if he lets go, he's going to fall onto broken glass. And he's, so Spice is terrified for him. Uh, and Spice like, okay, I need to start morphing, uh, and decides to go with Andalite. Uh, because obviously I like that that's what he went for, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Um, but Taylor grabs hold of these like small Andalite arms that are budding out of his chest, drags him through the glass. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's calling out for help, but the others can't really hear him. Uh, she's got the miniature copy of the control panel that she goes back for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and Tobias is trying to force them morph. Um, but he can't get away from her. And he, sh- she drags him out to this balcony over the, uh, yerk ball. Uh, Taylor's like lost, is so beyond angry at this point. Um, and she breaks. But I says, tightens her grip until the bones in my fingers cracked audibly and then lets go. He doesn't. He manages to grab hold of her. This is incredibly mm-hmm. good. This, if it wasn't yeah. so dire, this would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but cause she's trying to shake him off her arm because mm-hmm. uh, she won't let go of the other control device, but one goes flying. So she's lost her weapon and she manages to shake him free, but his talons catch on something about three feet down. And she's fully prepared to like knock him off. But uh then Rachel shows up. Mm-hmm. Incredibly pissed off. Understandably so. Uh like pins Rachel uh Rachel like slams Taylor down and gets tobias onto like safe ground um and he's able to finish morphing andalite and uh she fully picks up taylor and is ready to rip out her throat and she's crushing her esophagus and tobias begs her not to do it and she listens to him
0: For a split second, time froze, and I saw Rachel and Taylor face to face. One strong, her morph a crazy manifestation of an inner strength and bravery. One weak, this girl for whom appearance had been everything, honor, nothing. This poor girl whose weakness had made her easy prey for the Yerks. And I felt pity. Pity for my torturer. Rachel's claws closed on Taylor's neck, crushing her esophagus. She was turning blue, suffocating. Help, she cried pitifully. Someone help me. Rachel, no, Rachel, don't do it. She dies, Tobias. For what she did to you, she dies. She moved as if to slam Taylor against the wall. No, I yelled. Rachel, no. Rachel turned to look at me, hesitated, then dropped Taylor like a crumpled candy wrapper. The subvisor fell to the floor and scrambled for the door. You know she should die, Tobias, Rachel said. She will. I said, this is the Yurk who lost a prisoner. Leave her to Fissor 3. What she did to you, Rachel,
1: be Rachel, not her. And I love that in this moment, Tobias, having gone through all of this, Mm -hmm. is protecting Rachel.
2: And also like this because that people saying, oh well, yeah, obviously Rachel's trying to keep it. Like Rachel respects Tobias so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: when he said to her, don't do this she
1: listened to him. Mm-hmm.
0: It's real good, is the thing. It's so good. It's yeah. It's it's so good and just the 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 fact that he feels pity for Taylor, but he's not telling Rachel not to kill Taylor for Taylor's sake. He's doing it because he sees the dark
1: mirror there. And he doesn't want... He wants to keep Rachel away from that
2: downward slope. Because he knows that she doesn't want to go over that cliff edge. Right. And he certainly doesn't want her to do it for his benefit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so fucking worried about Rachel. Guys. Uh and
0: then we cut to some later day. I think it might be the next day because uh Rachel and Tobias interact like they haven't really seen each other since this event. Um, everyone's there in human morph. Rachel is late because she had to do something with her dad. Um, Tobias is sitting with Axe. Axe is setting up a kite. Uh, this is adorable. Is the best. This um,
2: <laughs> is how calming he finds it. Uh-huh. Like- Boy. Yep. Uh
1: and Tobias asks Axe
0: about the vision he had of Elfangor. Uh I had a lot of hallucinations back there, a lot of crazy visions. I tried to keep my tone casual. I paused. But there was this one. It was just so real. I mean, as real as if I had lived it. It was Elfangor. Axe looked up from his work. He stopped fussing with the string. A series of memories so intense. I was drowning in pain, Axe. I really thought I was dying. And then, all at once, I felt the icy cool steel of a tail blade against my forehead, and I... Axe made a sort of gasping sound and dropped his spool of string. His eyes were wide with a startling intensity. A blade against your forehead? He trailed off, his voice quaking with surprise. Axe, what? He was clearly disturbed, like I had just shaken his reality. The wind began to drag his kite across the sand. He didn't care, just sat there, absorbed in his thoughts. I ran after the thing and brought it back to him. He shook off whatever it was and regained his customary composure. No, he said, more to himself than me. It's all nonsense, of course. We are irrational people. What is it, Axeman? He started hesitantly. A legend. A spiritual rite, really. Utsum. Certain medicine men believed they could pass memories through DNA. Legend says these memory messages are triggered by imminent death, a surge of strength during the last moments to ease their passage. Ancient superstition. Uh, And and Tobias is like, yeah, probably just a hallucination. Definitely not my father reaching out through space and time in order to ease Mm -hmm. my potential death. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine.
2: Fucking uh, love. We are a rational people. Your brains are literally hardwired for optimism, my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh and then Rachel shows up. Uh a tall, and to-
2: graceful form pushing over the dunes. A flash <laughs> of gold down the beach. Mm-hmm. I appreciate, like, Tobias jumps up and acts just like, okay, kite time for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is playing Frisbee. Uh, and Tobias just runs to Rachel and smiles. Uh, she smiles, he slows, and then there's just this amazing hug mm-hmm. between them. Uh, he buries his face in her hair. Then we just get bad. She said, yeah, I whispered, real bad. I came close to, you know, awfully close. I was so, I mean, I didn't. I took a couple of shaky breaths. I lost myself. Didn't know who I was. Not sure I do now. Tobias, she said quietly, I know who you are. A long, long time while neither of us spoke, neither of us moved. Then she said, hey, it's nice and warm. Bet there are some thermals." I smiled. Let's fly. Yeah, she agreed. Right after I do this. She kissed me. Okay, now let's fly, she said, and laughed her wild, wicked, self-mocking Rachel laugh. And in a short time, we were coasting on a thermal high over the beach, over the distant hills, over the city, over everything. The memory of the mission was far behind, the close call with death forgotten. For a while. Who am I? What am I? A bird. A boy. Something not quite human. Something more than human. The person Rachel loves. I discovered something amid the pain and terror of confusion. I discovered that the answer to what I am, to who I am, isn't something to be answered in a single word or a single moment. It could take a lifetime to figure out who I am. For now, I'm willing to hang in there floating on a the thermal,
1: biding my time. That's it. I die. festival It's very good. It's very good? I... Uh...
2: You need a moment? <laughs>
0: i love them so much
2: it's it
0: It is that
2: and for all like i said the back of book 32 for all that they have their ups and downs these two love each other for everything that they are not in spite Mm -hmm. of anything
1: Mm mm-hmm Yeah.
2: And thus explains all of Danielle's shipping tendencies. Since.
0: <laughs> this is a call out post. Uh huh. I deserve it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really funny to read this book. I haven't read this book in years and years. I have read it many, many times, but I haven't read it in probably close to 10 years Uh and just like reading it and (laughs) being like, Oh, that's where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Just like so much of my taste in Uh fiction, Uh uh, makes so much sense in the context of this book. Uh, huh. It's good. It's good. I love this book so much. <laughs> I'm so glad I wasn't disappointed.
2: Yeah, that <sighs> it held up on the reread. Mm-hmm. Let us do our rankings. Yes.
0: I, I'm so, going to give it all tens, but I'm biased. So. Okay. One thing I do <laughs> want
2: to put out that amused me about the plot. Uh, Mm Because the plot is excellent. I would like to see that we basically saw the anti-morphing ray for like 30 seconds. They decided, oh, well, that don't work. Feed the scientists to the taxons. (laughs) We don't need to worry about the (laughs) anti-morphing ray anymore. I was like, Uh are we (laughs) done with that plot device now? Okay, cool. (laughs) See, three. this is why you can't just kill the scientists and why you need a sample size
0: of greater than one. (laughs) you had proof that it that you had proof that it didn't kill tobias immediately you should have done tested it on yourself
2: yeah (laughs) uh but no like it's a very tight condensed story i mean this is one of the ones that happens over like two days Mm -hmm. this is like probably a friday saturday sunday deal
0: yeah and the majority of it within like two or three hours.
2: Yeah. now it's it's I don't feel any plot beats feel wasted. Well, said nothing feels overly contrived. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: think. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you can have the ten. The ten stands. <laughs> I will not dispute the ten. Um characterization. I wish we saw more of Cassie. Yeah. Though I understand why we don't, because this is a Tobias book. Ego, we get a lot of Rachel. We get some interesting stuff. with The the stuff we got with Axe, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, I'm over here yelling about Marco, putting himself through pain to rescue his friend. Uh Uh-huh. My son who thinks of himself as a coward. Mm Mm-hmm who doesn't do the hard things but who has the worst fucking time nearly every time he's in morph I swear yeah but it's dedicated yeah. to rescuing his
0: friend i die the, yeah the the move uh bodyguard in idiot teenagers um the the one where you can uh like take someone else's harm but there's hmm. like a caveat because you you can like protect people normally Um, but anyway uh, I gave it to the strategist (laughs) it doesn't belong to like the berserker it belongs to the strategist because of Marco Mm
1: -hmm.
0: doing shit like this yeah
1: it's just
2: (sighs) I live I die I live again um you know same old same old Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. quality Mm Visa three action in this Mm -hmm. book taylor yeah characterization can have a 10 Um, because even the stuff that made me angry felt good characterization writing it didn't feel like the assassination that we saw in the last book Mm -hmm. so yeah good times yeah Enjoyability slash satisfaction. This is one of those ones why we have it as enjoyability slash satisfaction. Because you can't really say, I lo- I enjoyed this so much. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Feels weird to say. Yeah. Incredibly satisfying story. Yeah. Like, no notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you could maybe, like... Even, like... S- like the gratuitous like even the ableism didn't feel gratuitous like it felt very yeah. like a reflection of internalized stuff and also the way people are mm-hmm. it didn't feel like accidentally ableist in the yeah. way that some of the writing can be because the casual sanest language but again this is the late 90s people did just talk like that and mm-hmm. make it okay but again it's not one of those active things and to be fair Tobias looking at Taylor and going, oh, yeah, nah, something's gone weird there. Mm -hmm. Because it's painted so much as a reflect, like a dark reflection of him as well. Mm -hmm. It feels like. And a level of self-awareness is there. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: (sighs) Uh, Ending questions. What was your favorite part?
2: This is incredibly difficult. Um, <laughs> loved the evening ritual with accent of bias. Mm-hmm. Um, that memory of him and Rachel flying, yeah, very good. So mm-hmm. Th- that ending moment is incredible. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm a sucker for a good like forehead touch in a whispered conversation, and like just being with somebody i will point at all of the instances i pull that shit in fiction that's that's (laughs) my jam right there um Mm -hmm. but yeah those are the ones i like enjoyed the most the big section i read out where he's cycling through the different animals that have been killed and then his role as a killer Mm -hmm. might be like right up there that i was like because that's not fun enjoyable but it's so incredibly well written Mm -hmm, so mm
1: -hmm.
2: how about you uh yeah pick a favorite part in your favorite (laughs) animal
0: i insist Uh (laughs) um the the bit where of taylor is like uh come with me into my madness. That one, that one's a uh-huh. highlight for me. Uh, uh-huh. the, the Utsum with Elfangor uh-huh. helping Tobias is, is a really strong one for me. Um, and the, the hawk slipping away from Tobias when uh-huh. she starts with the, the pleasure button, um, uh-huh. and him calling out for it. And asking for it back. And, you know, how that it, it obviously has a very immediate effect on him, but also speaks to who he is and,
1: you know, how much he needs the hawk in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like all of that. Um, mm. And the kiss at the end, because I'm a sucker. It's good. <laughs> uh, did anything surprise you? How hard it
2: went. <laughs> like, I, I I knew it was going to be good, given that you hold it in such high regard, but like, this is a children's book. Mm-hmm. This is fucking brutal, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it was Sarah said as much in the Discord. Like, how did mm. they get this past the editors? And the answer is, the editors were not fucking paying attention. Uh. <laughs> 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 this is book 33 of this series. They're printing them like money. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> editors, editors are asleep in so old.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: What about you coming back to it, other than how well it held up?
0: Um, not really. I don't think there was anything in particular that I noticed that I hadn't noticed before or that was unfamiliar Mm. to me. Um, I think coming at it as an adult and having, you know, been analyzing all of the books so far, I think I picked up on more of it. I think I noticed more of like the, the subtextual shit and like the metaphorical shit, Um which I'm really proud of myself for seeing because I normally am fucking terrible at noticing that kind of thing. Um But, you know, just the extent of the connections and the dexterity with which the writer hold everything together Mm. really speaks to me um but yeah it's not surprising so much as it is like something that i hadn't necessarily uh realized noticed before Mm. and was and can appreciate now more um i think this book is more my
1: favorite now than it was before (laughs) which is funny um mm. but yeah. Uh was there anything that didn't make sense or that you didn't understand?
2: No, just the usual sort of Visa 3 would benefit strongly from like, what is it, that <laughs> meme forever ago, which was just like the evil villain like checklist. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. having a 10 year old on your committee to point out the dumb shit in the plan. <laughs> Somebody should have, like, given that to him. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Um, but yeah, just the usual. Nothing that didn't make sense that wasn't, like, narratively, like, on
0: the money. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: do you think it's essential Animorphs reading?
2: Yes. If you are able to, um, read the torture aspect of it and it is all just the reaction of pain there is no graphic descriptions of violence being done you don't see anything it's the descriptions of him reacting to it and his mental state Um, yeah so if you are if you struggle with gore or violence that uh, like i suppose direct violence i should say um Mm -hmm. it should hopefully not be a problem um but yeah especially if you like Tobias if to be fair if you find Tobias annoying I don't know what you read (laughs) in Animorphs but this might not be the book for you so we had a conversation in the server the other day about how different Animorphs podcasts seem to have their favorites and their characters Mm -hmm. that annoy them Mm -hmm. um and now I feel very aware of how I talk about anybody (laughs) this is not a bad thing to be clear um yeah. <laughs> just like oh am i favoring look we all know tobias yep. is danielle's favorite and marco is mine <laughs> we try to share out like our displeasure about other characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so
0: yeah yeah they were talking about like who they're they're making a spreadsheet like who's everybody's least favorite i don't i mean i guess i have a least favorite i don't have anyone i don't like yeah like if I had to, I guess I could probably rank them, but I don't want. I, I won't make you. I won't make
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, really, it's my problems are less with the characters and with the way they are often utilised in the books, and that is
0: not yeah. the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that that's book thirty three. Uh, it doesn't, as far as essential Animorphs reading, it doesn't add super much to, like, the overarching plot. Um, We do see Taylor again. We do? Yes! yes. Um, oh, very good. Uh, so, you know, look forward to that. And this gives a lot of context to that. And, like I said, Tobias doesn't, like, instantly feel better after this. <laughs> That's good. To know. Surprisingly I enough there being narrative consequences. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not it's not super heavy because, you know, other ghost writers are writing it. But it but is acknowledged. It's not like It is acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. It's not completely swept under the rug. Um So, you know, it does it does have an impact on the greater story, even if it's not like mm. the the actual plot doesn't really have a yeah. greater impact, except for the fact that like they they quote unquote prove the amr doesn't work um yeah. and it, the yorks don't use it <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah it's i love this book this book is part of why i love just like wump and hurt comfort because you learn so much about a character through it mm-hmm. uh yeah like it it's one of those you-
2: things i I have friends who just like do not share my appreciation for angst which Uh i get it is not for everybody i am a person that does like my angst to have happy endings yeah Uh, because for me it is like danielle was just saying you tend to learn a lot about characters about who they are as people when they're at their darkest when they're put through stressful situations um, mm-hmm. and also because sometimes it's fun to see their
0: loved ones rescue them
2: uh-huh. and then sometimes they kiss and it's very good
0: <laughs> yep and take care of them and show how much they care because they yeah. take care of them yeah. after
2: it's says like you are loved let me show you that you are loved you are cared for you are worth everything yeah. and now we, I'm going to get emotional about other characters <laughs> including the 50,000
0: <laughs> Word <laughs> thick, but they little currently writing. What do you mean my love language is acts of service? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the book is great. Yeah.
2: It's very telling. It is not going to be for everyone, but if you, like us, enjoy angst or womp, you really should give it a read. Yep. Uh, and it does have a happy ending. Did re- yeah. We also did read quite a lot of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so not terribly read it. much like but yeah yeah we did re- we read a lot of the really really good parts yeah as as per usual
1: as per usual <laughs> all right
2: all right my co-host has been danielle you can find them on the internet at red tail talk 90 including their game they have written idiot teenagers with a death wish which is a hack of blades in the dark inspired by animorphs it's a good time. Have feelings of your own as you embody these characters. Uh, you can find them on their home podcast of The Room Where It Happened uh, at Roomware Pod on Twitter and on your podcatcher of choice. Season three is just on beginning. It's underneath. It's going underway. It's happened. It's here. Elder County, Tennessee. If you want to see urban fantasy in rural Appalachia with some weird eldritchy nonsense
0: going on, check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh and my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast Follow the Leader at FTL Cast. Follow the Leader is an actual play podcast where they play uh a varying cast of characters through a bunch of different universes all through uh GMless tabletop games. It's some of the best storytelling that I've ever fucking heard and it's wonderful. Um you should definitely definitely go listen to them. Um And you can also listen to them on Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Um, And yeah. yeah. That's it. Let's clap. Let's clap. At 20? At 20.